to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host Justin Baker and I continue to roll right along. Even though the NHL has left you, we have not. Uh, how are you, Justin? I'm, I'm doing quite well, Mark. How are you? Oh, you know, just chugging along, just uh, put together a crib. There you go, a crib. Wow, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. moving I, up in the world. We, have we announced that on the show yet? Oh, no, I don't think we have. So, yeah, uh, yeah, might as well. Yeah, having a baby girl. So, sometime in September, which will be like midway through the playoffs right now, which is super weird, but uh, it'll be a be a great time. You know, maybe hopefully the hopefully there's the Leafs don't have a game on that day that she's born, cause, <laughs> and I'll miss the birth. No, I'm just I'm kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I hope hopefully they. Uh, yeah, hopefully they let you have uh, more than one person in the hospital by that time. But oh, we'll I don't. See. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, well, well, no. Right, right. right now, the husband can be in there. Yeah, just, just it's not. Crazy. Just you just can't leave the room. So once you're in there, you can't even like go to the the cafeteria or anything. Once you're in yeah, there, I, you can't leave. Yeah, that's that's another problem too. So if there is a playoff game going on for the Leafs, for example, and you want to leave and go check the score, no bueno. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. More important things uh, in in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> I think priorities. Glad you said <laughs> priorities. So, well, on this show, we are going to do the top ten Arizona Coyotes. We only have one team remaining after this one uh, for our top ten list, and that's the Calgary Flames. So that'll be our next show. But for now, it's the Arizona Coyotes. As we continue to cross our fingers that the National Hockey League returns sometime in maybe I'm hearing like maybe end of end of may beginning of june something like that yeah i mean that would be that would be fantastic i mean from a personal standpoint right that would be fantastic but obviously you i've I've been hearing player pushback that some guys are like oh man i don't want to be away from my family for the two three months it's going to take to finish out but fine then don't uh, play don't don't collect a paycheck that's fine right (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm sure they'll figure something out and i mean they've they've been talking about pushing the next season back till december december which is just weird but uh I'm for it, though. Whatever it takes to get these games, you know, at least maybe a couple games played and then onto the playoffs. Yep, yep, I agree. Well, with that said, let's jump right into our top 10 Arizona Coyotes. Uh, do you have anybody... Oh, by the way, if you haven't listened to the top 10s of every other team ever, uh, go ahead and just subscribe to the show. Go back and listen to those. They're scattered throughout the last year or so, so... Uh, but they're all in there. You can just search for your favorite team. Uh, Justin, do you have anybody that just missed your list? Yeah, I, I put a couple people in there, and uh, I've got the Boulin Wall okay. taking my just missed, and right. um, Danny Briere as well hitting the just missed. All right, yep. Danny Briere was on my just missed, as well as Ed Jovanovsky and Clayton Keller. Just, Clayton uh, Keller, okay. Yeah, Clayton Keller just hasn't really done enough to to warrant being on that list, but I think he could be on that list eventually. Okay. So, all right. Well, with that, you're number ten. Uh, number ten for me is uh, Antoine Vermette. Um, maybe a little lesser known guy that uh, probably you're not going to find on many people's lists. However, um, for me, this guy, I just I remember. This team, I don't, I don't want to say starred for goals, but they weren't a goal-scoring team, right? They were more of a defensive team for so long and still kind of are. They're trying to turn the corner on that, obviously, at this point with the acquisitions of guys like Kessel and Taylor Hall. But 
I mean, he was he was the go-to two-way center for this team for so long, and um, yeah, just uh, just a I think 149 points in 291 games. So wasn't there a long time, but he was just rock solid to me. Every time I watched him play for this team, he was rock solid on both ends of the ice. Okay, not a guy that made my list. Uh, but a, a guy that did make my list at number 10 is Radim Verbata. Oh, okay. He was uh, fourth all-time in scoring uh, in terms of points. 343 points in 509 games. He's also third all-time in goals at 157 goals. Uh, but I think his his knock to me is that he really played for this team when they – I mean, they made the playoffs three times – they, he was there when they advanced to the conference finals. Uh, only had five points in 16 games in the conference finals, so didn't really have a great showing either. Uh, but just didn't, you know, he's he's a, he's a top 10 guy based off of what he did over the course of the time that he was with the Phoenix Coyotes. Phoenix and eventually he, he was with the Phoenix Coyotes. He left for a little bit and then he came back, was with the Arizona Coyotes. Same team, just <laughs> slightly different name. Uh, but... They, uh, I, I didn't feel like he warranted being higher on the list because he really, I mean, it's hard. This, this list is difficult. They have hardly any playoff success, very limited superstars, and the superstars that they've had have been there for like a minute with Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel, and they're kind of coming in towards the, uh, at least Kessel, towards the end of his prime. And so I, I just wasn't ready to put those types of guys in there. So that's why you see a guy like Antoine Vermette, Radim Verbata making these lists because they really starved for anyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. That's why he rolls in at number nine for me as well. Okay, so, all right, so he's your number nine. Yep. Uh, okay, well, um, my number nine is a defenseman, a guy who – at least growing up, I always thought of uh, of this guy as like, all right, he's he's Arizona's defenseman. Uh, I think he was he was Jovanovski's line uh, pairing at one point, but he is the third all time defensive scorer for this team, and that is Teppo Numanen. Okay, yeah, a little higher on my list, but yep, yeah, got him in here as well. Played five hundred and fifty one games, and uh, just a of uh, of excellent excellent defenseman. And even I, th- I believe he played for them when they were the Winnipeg Jets as well, and that so is that, that wouldn't get counted towards his all-time stats. But I mean, he never left. He didn't leave the team. You know, he was with the team that he was he was with. He actually had a, a season where he put up fifty-four points in seventy-four games. So I mean, he was a very highly productive offensive defenseman, and uh, for for my money the second best defenseman to, to play for this team. Wow. Okay. I would probably disagree with you there, but okay, that's fine. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, on to number eight, shall we? Number eight. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. Number eight for me is a guy who, uh, rolls in number six, all time in scoring. And that is Martin Hansel. Another centerman for this team. Martin, Han- another guy who's like a second or third line guy on any other team. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's crazy to me because you look at a guy like this and um, you look at his numbers and nothing jumps off the page. But again, you kind of talked about it a little bit with Rabada. You know, they, they haven't had a lot of guys in here with a lot of offensive success or, you know, outside of, uh, you know, who who will appear later on a list as Shane Doan. But, yeah, I mean, literally three 
three times in the playoffs with the Phoenix Coyotes and, you know, not too much production to show for it. I mean, one time going past the first round and, and that's it. And, um, you know, again, I mean, he was he was rock solid. But again, he's probably a second, third line center in most teams. But for this team, he was, you know, a, a top top guy for this team for so long. All right. Um yeah, my see my number eight. I I don't I actually don't have Martin Hansel on my list either. So this this is good. We we have okay uh, quite a different list. I am actually surprised. I when I look at my list, I'm like, this is a list that Justin would have made, uh, <laughs> because I'm about to go on a, a little run of goaltenders here. I uh, love it. My love number it. eight is Nikolai Habibulin. Okay. So, wow. Habibulin comes in. He's he was on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, acquired during the lockout year, like they—that's well, he was drafted and then uh, started playing for them during the lockout year, where they they only played forty-eight games. So he gets the majority of the starts for the the Jets. So he opted in twenty-six games, and he slowly became this guy who was incredibly reliable. He was on some bad teams. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets became the Phoenix Coyotes partially because they could never win, and so he was on some bad teams to begin with. Uh, his last year in Phoenix, he he goes and posts a, in 63 games. He has a 9.23 save percentage. He wins 32 games, and uh, and they have a, a fantastic season. They they lose in seven games in the playoffs, but he has a great playoffs. Uh, he for this team, they made the playoffs four years in a row with him as their goaltender, and uh, and every time they. Of course, they lost in the first round, but uh, he was always he was right there. I mean, most of the years he put up some incredible numbers in that, those first rounds, and so to me, Nikolai Habibulin being the the first goaltender for this team in in its existence in Phoenix and posting some incredible numbers, uh, he gets my nod at number eight. All right, I I love it. I mean, uh, there was another goaltender. Um, you might talk about him a little bit later. Uh, that I did keep off this list that now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, man, I, I probably should have thrown him on here. But um, again, I'm sure you'll talk about him later. So, but moving on to number seven for me is a goaltender. So I'm just going to come out and say it, Mike Smith. Wow. Yeah. Mike Smith, pretty low to me. Yeah. I, um, I thought about putting him higher, but again, I, I, I looked at some of his numbers and not a lot of playoff success in terms of opportunities. He, he literally only went to the playoffs once with Phoenix and just basically took them to the conference finals. Yes. Like a 944 save percentage, unreal numbers. Three uh, shutouts. <laughs> yeah. In, in yeah. 16 games. Insane. And uh, unfortunately, they, they had to lose. I was kind of, I was kind of pulling, for him, pulling for him that year. That would have been just so exciting for a franchise that's been starved for playoff success, right, to make it. And again, it's mostly because they just, they couldn't score. And again, it's during an era where you had a lot of, you know, defensive-minded teams, but uh, man. I believe they, they got little... swept by the LA Kings that year in the uh, conference finals, if I, I, don't if I remember think right. I about that one. <laughs> that's where no one, like, no one could score on uh, on Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, just, I know. Just, just crazy, but uh, I mean, even last, you know, last year with Calgary, he was great in the playoffs. And I, he's only been in the playoffs three times in his career. And every time he showed up and put up decent numbers. So, you know, I'm hoping maybe he gets another opportunity here, maybe with Edmonton. Uh, we'll see if that pans out, if maybe they, they let him start some of those games. But 
I mean, honestly, when you look at this guy, he has um, – it's funny. He's the only goaltender in this franchise and many franchises to score a goal. Um, but during his, his six-year run, man, he put up he put up some wicked good numbers. and uh, Wicked good numbers w- there, eh? Wick, wicked good numbers, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I look at – you know, again, he's he sits up there on top of all the leaderboards for goaltending stats, and uh, there is another goaltender he does sit behind in terms of wins, but um, – yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you're probably going to call his name out here pretty soon. I'm about so. to call out Ilya Brzgalov's name right now at number yes, that seven. Is the man. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, before I started going through, I was, I didn't remember that he played for the Phoenix Coyotes. He played there for four <laughs> seasons, uh, and I mean, he played, he played 55, 65, 69, and 68 games. Uh, he one year he was forty two and twenty with eight shutouts, uh, so I mean played absolutely phenomenal. I, they made the playoffs two times with him, both times they lose in the first round. Once in in seven games, so not necessarily going to fault him on on a seven gamer, but uh, he was. I mean he's the all time leader in wins. It's hard to leave a goaltender off of a you know off of a list when there's really not a whole lot else to pull from uh he's all-time leader in wins and he he played well when he was there he's the second most shutouts in far fewer games than the next guy so uh, i think that he he deserves to be on this list but Ilya brizgalov is my number seven all-time best arizona coyote yeah you know i wanted to put him on here but boy you know a lot of the goaltenders that i looked at from this team and it's pretty much three guys four guys maybe if you throw in Bob Essena. Uh, but again, you might be, you know, you're counting his numbers from Winnipeg. So you really look at Bulin, Briskoloff, and Smith, and really none of those guys jumped off as like when I think of Coyote goaltenders, Mike Smith is really the only one that, that comes to mind, and that's why I just I had a hard time putting the other two on this list. Okay. Yeah, see, I now the uh, I guess the other goaltender you could you could say probably has the uh, – I think, I think he still holds this record – uh, Brian Boucher does have the longest shutout streak uh, of all time. Oh, Boucher, yeah. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> I will say, though, probably in a, in a few years, we might be talking uh, about Darcy Kemper on this list, too. But that, Yes, that, that is very true. Uh, the funny thing about Brian Boucher, he played 96 games for the Arizona Coyotes, and he had five shutouts, and those were all in a row. <laughs> So the other 91 games couldn't post a single shutout, but he does have five, five straight, and I don't think he got scored on until the second period of the uh, the sixth one. So absolutely crazy. Uh, okay, so your number six. Uh, number six for me is a guy who is my third all-time defenseman for this franchise. You've talked about him, and that's Teppo Newman. Okay, yeah, you have. So you, okay, so you got him a little bit higher, and that's yeah, and that's fair, especially since his numbers with Winnipeg are so good. And even though we're not really including Winnipeg. I mean, it's, it's hard for, for a guy like that. It's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, even so you still look at his numbers in Arizona, right? And he's eighth all time scoring. And as a defenseman, granted three of their top 10 scores are defensemen for this franchise. Um, you know, they're still rather impressive and he was an offensive guy. I mean, and one, one of the big stats and, you know, I mention it all the time. I don't look too much into plus minus, but for a team that doesn't score a ton, and doesn't let in a ton of goals. He is the the franchise leader in plus minus as well. So um, a, w- a well skated, you know, very offensive minded defenseman. Um, 
did actually captain this team for three seasons before um, Shane Doan took over. That's so. true. All right, yeah, I mean, yeah, and he came from again. He came from uh, Winnipeg, so he was long, long tenured at that point. Uh, well, my number six is yet another goaltender, and uh, it is he's a guy who really pulled the Arizona Coyotes into the 21st century, and that is Sean Burke. Sean Burke, I, I love it. I I know you might not have expected him to be on this list, but I mean he. His stats, when you go from 99-2000 through 2003, I mean, you're talking 914, 922, 920, 930 save percentage. Uh, he, he always put up number, good numbers with them, and he, he was a little more injury prone towards the end of his, his career there. Uh, he eventually, you know, he leaves, he goes to Philadelphia, to Tampa, to L.A., but never really finds a starting role ever again uh, but he had so much experience up to this point gold like we was with the new jersey devils and the hartford whalers and uh, he actually was there from hartford into carolina so he you know he knew what it was like to play for a pseudo expansion type of team uh, and he played very well never got a he didn't get a whole lot of playoff opportunity lost in five games two different times for the for the Coyotes. But uh, I'm putting Sean Burke in here because I really think that he is the second most for this team. Uh, and I think that it was a huge get when he decided to go to Arizona and, uh, and he played some big games. But I will say one of my – the best live goaltending performances that I've ever seen in my life – was done by Sean Burke. Uh, it was a 50, I want to say it was it was like 52 or 53 saves in a 1-1 tie against the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, my. And it was one of the most insane goaltending performances I've ever seen. It was in 2002 uh, when the Red Wings were absolutely stacked. I think Arizona had 12 shots on goal the whole game. <laughs> managed to score with like 25 seconds left in the game to tie it at one. And in overtime, I remember they hit the post. I I was sitting behind Arizona's bench having a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's a memory that I won't ever forget watching him just stonewall maybe the best team of the last 30 years. And so uh, that's he's, he's a little higher up on my list because he, he also offers me that personal anecdote. I love it. <laughs> I love the amount of goaltenders you have on here. That's fantastic. All right, let's go number five. <laughs> number five, a guy who's second all-time in scoring for this franchise, third all-time in points per game, and that is J.R. Jeremy Roenick. Oh, you're going to make me tear up. I know. He's doing something that I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a beast for a power forward line when he came in? He was already a superstar in Chicago, and when this team moved from Winnipeg, to Arizona or to Phoenix at the time. I mean, he was the guy they went out and grabbed and managed to just put on that top line with Keith Kachuk and and uh, oh man, Rick Tockett, and they just they went to town as a power forward, high scoring line, and and I mean, really elevated this team into to saying, hey, you know, we got we got this American born superstar over here, you know, and they're putting a franchise in an area, you know, in Southern California, Arizona, where you know Gretzky had already 
gained some traction, but in a, I mean, the middle of the desert, man, it just, it elevated this team, I think, you know, not to mention those sweet looking jerseys, but. <laughs> yep. Yep. He had, he had some great, yeah, those, those, uh, I don't even know what they were, but that like purple and like dark green and yeah, yes. those, those jerseys were epic. He actually, a uh, little known fact about Ronick when he came to the Coyotes, uh, he was he was traded for quite a bit, uh, Alexei Zemnov, Craig Mills, and a first-round pick. Fortunately for Arizona, or well, for Phoenix at the time, uh, the pick only turned out to be Ty Jones, so Chicago didn't exactly do a great job drafting. Uh, but he, you remember in Chicago, Ronick was number 27, and since Teppo Newman already had the number 27, he chose number 97, and he was the first player in NHL history to wear the number 97. Wow, that's a that's a great little anecdote. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I have I have Ronick a, a slightly higher. Uh, my number five is yet another goaltender. Four straight goaltenders for me, <laughs> and it is Michael Smith. Okay, coming over from the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, becomes the Coyotes' starting goaltender for seven years and uh, six years, and I, I think that. In during that time, I mean, yes, he he had some you know up and down years. I mean, one year, good lord, he was fourteen and forty two, but the Coyotes were just god awful too. Uh, but thirty eight and thirteen, the year that they go to the conference finals, and uh, really had probably just the best overall year for any Arizona Coyote ever. Like I I don't think it's hard to argue that that was in terms of individual performances, the best individual year of anyone to play for the team. Yeah. Won't argue with that. Uh, so for that reason, Mike Smith is my number, t- number five. All right. Love it. Love it. And my number four is Jeremy Roenick. Well, okay. we're, well, we're yeah. at it. <laughs> Don't hate that either. So, uh, yeah. I, I'll so, do, I'll do my best not to talk about, how much I want to sleep with his wife or anything like that. I'll try to hold that off. Oh, is that too soon? Oh, no, I, I, I think it's perfect. <laughs> uh, anyways, so you're number four then. And number four, I have a guy who probably isn't on your list, actually, and I'm not sure if you purposely kept him off or maybe there's a guy on your list that I have in my top three, but it's Keith Yandel at number four. Yeah, second all-time in defensive scoring for the Coyotes. I did. Yeah, I, I did leave him off on purpose, actually. You did. I did, but I'll let you explain why he's at your number four. Yeah, I honestly, when he came into the league, um, you know, obviously, Teppo Newman had been really the only standout offensive defenseman this franchise had ever seen. Um, for me, this guy really was just such a fast skating defenseman. When I watched him play, I always thought of him as like he was the prototype that new generation offensive-minded defenseman that I loved watching. He was exciting every night. I mean, he came in, uh, you know, obviously he spent his first season seven games in 43, but once he finally broke into the league, man, it was just lights out uh, for the next five, six years, and it was 40, you know, 50-plus points every single season, and he was just a quick puck mover. It's just, to me, it was sad watching a guy with that type of talent who didn't really have a lot of offensive guys up front to pass the puck to because – Man, if he had played with anybody with, I mean, for example, like I, I watch, you know, I, I, I got to watch guys like Dad Zook and Zetterberg play for so long and 
Fedorov, he had had anybody with half that talent, you know, up front to pass the puck to, man, he probably could have been a 70, 80 point defenseman, no problem. Well, the, the Red Wings did trade Datsuk to the Coyotes, so. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, and, and Yandel was fifth in Norris voting in uh, 2010 11. Yeah, that, that was his, probably his best season in terms of uh, overall performance. Uh, yeah, I mean, he certainly could be on this list. I, I understand why you have him so high. I think that Keith Yandel has always been a guy who gets incredibly high offensive zone starts all throughout his entire career. He's always well over, generally well over 55%, sometimes over 65, 60%, at times even over 65%. Uh, and well, he was with the Coyotes, very high PDOs. I, I, I think when you when you really dig a little deeper, very talented player, definitely was used in a purely offensive manner, and uh, and for that reason, I, I left him off this list. He just kind of he was there when I don't know. He wasn't the guy that I was that I I think about when I think of that team, and so that's why I left him off the list. But I. Perfectly acceptable to have him on this on, on the list. I just uh, prefer some controversy, I guess. <laughs> I love all the goaltenders, though. Yeah, um, yeah, and and there's another one. There's another one. I love it. Uh, I, I will there's say, actually though, there's I, actually not another one. I, I couldn't. Who, I don't. I don't know who else I'd put on there. It's, I don't know who in my top three you'd be leaving off. Curtis so. Joseph. <laughs> oh yes, please. Um, yeah, I I do think for. You know, for a guy like Keith Yandel, you know, he when he came into the league, he obviously, I, I won't disagree with you, he was a highly offensive guy who got a lot of his starts in the offensive zone because this guy who comes in at number three for me, uh, the current captain for this team, Oliver ekman Larson, he was that go-to, you know, two-way, I can play defense, I can play offense type defenseman and showed why. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you have uh, you have OEL at number three. That is correct. He's yes, the sir. third all-time leading scorer for this team, uh, second all-time in games played, and uh, most certainly he'll he'll be passing Jeremy Roenick uh, sometime next season. Be my guess. Only 15 points behind him uh, as a, as a defenseman. It's pretty good. Second all-time leading scorer. Uh, so why number three? Well, I, you know what, the two guys, obviously, there's one guy ahead of him that there's no doubt deserves to be ahead of him on this list, but the guy who comes in at number two for me, Keith Kachuk, um, I just look at him, he was this franchise's first ever captain. What he meant to this team when they moved from Winnipeg was just so vital. Um, you know, we can talk about the superstar power that, you know, Jeremy Roenick had at the time, but I think being from Winnipeg and coming with this franchise to Phoenix, um, just meant so much and you know this guy was just a beast in terms of being a power forward for this team and um he's the only guy on this franchise to have a point per game pace of over a point yep yep. um and you know it's unfortunate he had to go to st louis for so long but during his tenure man he was just he was a powerhouse and he was i mean he scored some goals man he had came in first season scored 52 for this franchise and went down best individual season since then yeah. Ever, ever in their their history. <laughs> Fifty two goals, eighty six points. Yeah. So I mean I don't I don't know if we'll we'll see a prototype player like that again, but for a team that, that needed an identity and needed some, some star power, he was he was the guy. 
Yeah. Um, well, my I think our li- this is going to be fun because our list is going to look really different. This is probably our most different list that we've ever had uh, doing all it. these teams. My number three is the all-time leader in games played, points, goals, and assists, and I think penalty minutes as well. Uh, that is Shane Doan. So you have him at number three. I have Shane Doan at number three, and I'll tell you why. Okay, please, yeah. Shane Doan, really, really nice player. I, I think at at one point he he may have been considered a you know a, he was a, he was a first line guy at one point. Uh, always put up had some consistent showings as a Coyote. I mean, he had a couple thirty goal seasons, multiple many many twenty goal seasons. Uh, and and he was he was there. He's been there for his entire career. Ever since they were the Winnipeg Jets, he played his rookie season with the Jets, and then they became the the Coyotes. Here's my issue with him: is that well, I do think that he obviously he was there the longest. He put up a lot of good seasons. He is not the best player to ever play for the Arizona Coyotes, and but he is the third best. And I, I have to like the amount of games you play for a franchise. I got to keep you up there. Uh, I, I do think that he had some of the best seasons ever for this team, but I I just I have to put him at number three because of the two guys that I have ahead, ahead of him that I think are better players or were were better players depending on who you are and made a bigger impact and were a more important player. Uh, in terms of their their overall role in the NHL and how good they were compared to other players. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I I gotta say I don't think I came across the list where Shane Doan wasn't number one. So this kind of gives us a little uh, of course little I mean, flex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of of course he was he's number one because everyone looks at his stats. They go, well, he he has the most goals, the most assists, the most points, and the most games, so obviously he's the best. But that doesn't mean you're the best. It just means you played for a really freaking long time. <laughs> no, and I, I won't disagree with you. I, I do not believe he's the best player talent-wise to ever play for this team. There's no doubt in my mind um, that he is not the number one. Because um, I might, you know, like I said, my number two, my number three guy, I you know, OEL or Kachuk, I might put them. Uh, all, well, I would definitely put them ahead of Shane Doan in terms of talent. Um, you know, even maybe a, a couple other guys lower on the list too. But um, when when you look at what he did for this franchise, the you know it was unfortunate the way he went out, where they basically kind of shoved him out the door and said, "Okay, listen, we don't want slow power forwards anymore. We're trying to be a little faster, like Sia, but don't come back ever." Like, yeah, no, that was a little little yeah, tragic. But sure. um, you know, this this is a guy who came over from Winnipeg and. Um, I mean, he just—he stayed with this franchise for so long. It's kind of hard not to to put him at the top of this list because he was consistently good for so long. It wasn't like, you know, he had you know three or four really really good seasons and then sort of, you know, ped, you know tailed off. He consistently performed every single year, sixty, you know, plus points. And I mean, he was just a leader inside and outside this locker room, the face of the franchise for so long. Uh, when there, you know, unfortunately weren't a lot of faces. And, you know, when you're the only guy who has your numbers in the rafters, and I'm not talking about the, the ring of honor that uh, Wayne Gretzky is a part of with this franchise, um, oh, you know, yeah, he's got to be number one for me. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So my, the order of my list, I go number three, 
Shane Doan. Number two, Oliver Ekman Larson. Number one, Keith Kachuk. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Here's another thing. Consider this, that in Shane Doan's best year, he was voted on the sixth all-star team and was either, depending on the year, 42nd, or the best he ever appeared in Selkie voting was 25th. The best he ever got in Bing voting is 26th for this team. So, I mean, he wasn't even, he, I don't know why he was named for the Lady Bing. It beats me because he had 72 penalty minutes that year. That's weird. <laughs> uh, he did win the King Clancy and the Mark Messier, but those have nothing to do with hockey. Um, no. <laughs> he, of, co- of course, he's the all-time leader in everything, and, and he deserves to be in the top three. Uh, when I look at Oliver Ekman Larson, and I see five different years that he was in the, the top 20 for Norris voting, twice in the top 10, four times in the top 15. And if he had had anyone around him, this guy could have been could have won Norris's, in my opinion. Like in some of those years, he really was one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. He just had such a garbage team in front of him uh, that he wasn't able to do much more. I mean, when you look at his his offensive starts, there are years he's at forty five percent, forty two percent in his offensive starts. I mean, he's already starting from behind the vast majority of the time, yet still is getting nominated for the Norris Trophy. Uh, this guy is one of the best defensemen in the league, top 20 defensemen in the league. Shane Doan, never one of the top 20 players in the league. I, I would say that Shane Doan was never one of the top 50 players in the NHL. He just happened to get a ton of ice time at, at certain points during his career because he was the only guy there. But when you go Keith Kachuk, in his years for the Coyotes, he was he one of the 97-98. He only played 69 games, had 66 points, and scored 40 goals. Uh, he made the second-team All-Star. Uh, the year before that, third-team All-Star and was 10th in Hart Trophy voting. 98-99, uh, fifth-team All-Star. And 2000-2001, he was the fourth-team All-Star. Uh, and, I mean, all the things that he did for, for Winnipeg before that, he also made some All-Star teams as well. Uh, this guy, I think, is the best player to ever play for this franchise. And I kind of have to where like, I wouldn't put him on a Winnipeg Jets list. I don't think I did. Uh, I can't remember. Honestly, I think I did put him on mine. I had him just uh, missing the St. Louis blues. I had okay. him eighth on the Winnipeg Jets and number one on Arizona Coyotes. So uh, on, on three different, different lists for me. Uh, but his years in Arizona, he is really, I can't think of other years where any player for this team made the top 10 in Hart Trophy voting. Yeah. He is I, the he scored the most goals and he uh and he has the most points in a season for this team. So Yeah. That I, gives him the I, nod. Yeah, I will say my my biggest knock on Keith Kachuk um obviously when you when you look at him and you think of okay, what what franchise is Keith Kachuk? He's a St. Louis Blue for me and you know that kind of makes it a little bit di- more difficult for me to to put him over a player like Shane Doan. But is that just because you remember him playing for the Blues? Oh no, I remember him playing for the Phoenix Coyotes very well. Um, my gosh, I was yeah. But you, I just remember him more as a St. Louis Blue player because I think he they just had a little bit more success as a franchise. Sure, sure, absolutely, so, yeah. definitely yeah. more success as a franchise. And I mean, in 
before 2000, it was almost impossible to watch a bunch of games from another team. Like until there was NHL center ice. I, I mean, I don't know when you got NHL center ice, but I think it was sometime <laughs> like towards the end of high school for me is when, uh, when my, my dad ponied up and got it. Uh, but I mean, I didn't have the ability to watch a ton of a ton of games before that, other than if they happened to be playing the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada or the late night game Hockey Night in Canada, or they were playing the Wings, or they were on like ESPN. Yeah, that was pretty much for Phoenix, like watching them was when they were the late game, right? Um, now, in terms of St. Louis, I got to watch them a ton. You know, right, they're division right. rivals with the Wings for so long. Uh, yeah, that, and now that explains why you... Definitely see him more as a as a blue because you're you're seeing him go against the wings every year and and in fairness he I mean he was on some excellent blues teams I mean some of those blues teams were like they were finishing they were winning the president's trophy or getting close to it and they kept losing in the first round yeah but well good that was a that was a very differing list yeah I am quite impressed with the number of goalies you put on. Well, any final thoughts before uh, before we sign off? No, just uh, you know, stay safe. I know a lot of places around the U.S. at least are going to start uh, being able to get outside. So you know, stay safe, be smart, don't be stupid, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see some hockey here soon. All right, and we will talk to you very soon as we do finish up our top ten list with the Calgary Flames. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you thought and enjoy the rest of your week.